0: Hello and welcome, Mercy Church family. I hope you have been enjoying our Mercy Church podcast, Basic, as we study the character of God the Father. This week, we will be discussing what it means to be a child of God. John one twelve and 13 says, Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. John one twelve through thirteen. This then is how you should pray: Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Matthew six nine. God has many names and titles. Jesus could have directed his disciples to pray to any number of them: All powerful, mighty King, ruler of the universe, El Shaddai, Yahweh, Elohim, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, and so many more. Jesus intentionally tells the disciples to pray to their father for one reason, relationship. A child does not call his father by his name or a title, even the son of a king. He calls him father or dad or daddy, a name that indicates a level of intimacy that sets the child apart from other people. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Matthew 23, 9. The concept of Jesus calling God his father was revolutionary. Sure, God is referred to as the father of Israel in the Old Testament. They shall come with weeping and with supplications I will lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters in a straight way in which they shall not stumble, for I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Jeremiah thirty-one nine. The Israelites don't go around talking about God familiarly, especially not informally. They even persecuted Jesus for His audacity. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. John 5, 16 and 18. The Hebrew people, the Israelites, now known as the Jewish people, have an extreme reverence for God that is profound to our modern society. Respect is no longer highly sought or esteemed or given. The Jewish culture and religion is steeped in tradition and formality. Throughout history, the Jews have witnessed over and over again God's mighty displays of power from the Ark to Sodom and Gomorrah, to the plagues of Egypt, to the parting of the Red Sea. They treat God like he is the creator of the universe, Almighty God. They understand that they can never even measure up to the stand in his presence. The fear of the Lord and the Israelites is best highlighted when the presence of the Lord came to dwell on Mount Sinai. Now all the people witnessed the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the smoking mountain, and they looked and the people were afraid and they trembled and moved backwards and stood at a safe distance. Then they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid for God has come in order to test you and in order that the fear of him, that is a profound reverence for him, will remain with you so that you do not sin. So the people stood at a safe distance, but Moses approached the thick cloud where God was. Exodus 20, 18-21. So calling God the creator of the universe, Daddy, is more than a little presumptuous to them. It's blasphemous. The Jewish people will not even pronounce God's name out of reverence. In fact, Out of such great fear of the Lord, Jewish scholars would not even write out the full name of God in the Hebrew scriptures. They only write the consonants, Y-H-W-H, leaving out the vowels entirely. No one knows the true pronunciation of God's name, whether it is Yahweh or Jehovah or something else entirely. Over the years, it became literally lost in translation. The Jews' fear and reverence of God is huge. So when Jesus introduced the idea of calling God Abba, which is translated Daddy, the concept was so radical that they couldn't even wrap their heads around it. The disciples called God their father, not based on Hebrew tradition, but as being one of the core concepts that Jesus taught. Jesus wanted his disciples to understand that God is more than an almighty being who sits upon his throne in the sky. He is God, our father. Jesus talked to his father all the time. He had a relationship with his father and wanted his disciples to have one too. God created man in his image for relationship. Adam was the first child of God. God was his father. God is even listed as the father of Adam in the family tree, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God, Luke 3.38. God walked with Adam, blessed him, taught him how to do things. When Adam ate the apple, a big universal divide of sin and ultimately death separated God and man. As a good father, God could not allow the separation to keep His children from Him, so He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross in place of our sins. Every person is made in the image of God, and Jesus died on the cross for the sins of all mankind. But not everyone is a child of God. God gave mankind free will. Now it is up to us to decide whether God is our Father or not. It's a simple process, really. We believe that God sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and that He rose again. We admit our sinful state and we declare Jesus as Lord of our lives. We become a child of God when we have faith. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come... God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoptions as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Galatians 4, 3-7 Now, we have a relationship with God like He intended. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, we don't just simply become believers in Christ. God has so much more in store for us. God becomes our Father, and we become His children. See how much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. 1 John three one, God loves us so much that He sent His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins, To repair the divide of our relationship, it takes two willing participants to have a relationship, each putting forth effort. God wants His children to love Him in return and seek Him too. And He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands and territories. This was so that they would seek God. If perhaps they might grasp for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and exist. That is, in him we actually have our being, as even some of your own poems have said, for we also are his children. Acts 17, 26-28 As his children, we become new creations, washed clean and free from sin by the blood of Jesus' sacrifice. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17 So we become new creations, new babies, washed clean, with a new lease on life, back in the image of that God created us to be. From this moment on, we must strive to grow up in God's image and live our lives in His example. This means not going back to our old sin-filled habits, but stripping off our old ways and starting anew. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in His plan and purpose for you. Romans 12, 2. Upon salvation, we have been born again in spirit. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 3.3 Once we have been born again in the image of our Father, we have a new chance at life. We, like all children, are now supposed to walk in the footsteps of our Father. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Ephesians 5.12 But our daddy's got some big shoes to fill, and there's no way we can do it on our own. He is the CEO of the universe, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's the boss. We will definitely never measure up, but that's okay. We were never supposed to attempt it on our own. When we become saved, God sends us a helper, the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. I will pray to the Father and He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you. And will be in you. John fourteen, sixteen through seventeen. Once his spirit comes to dwell inside of us, we know that we have become his children. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we also may be glorified with Him. Romans 8, 9, 14 through 17. So God's Spirit comes to live inside of us and help us navigate this life. It's His Spirit within us that guides us. From the moment we become a Christian, we must continually make an effort to daily to make ourselves like our father. Just like a child grows into an adult physically, we should spiritually mature over time. So how do we grow up spiritually? We must make a conscious decision to walk in our father's footsteps. In order to imitate the father properly, we must first get to know him. How do you develop a relationship with a person? You spend time with them, you talk to them, you learn their ways. Moses knew God the best out of all people, besides Jesus, of course because he spent a lot of time with God in his presence. The Bible describes Moses as knowing God face to face. Deuteronomy thirty Let's look at what Moses asks of God. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people, the Lord replied. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Exodus thirty-three fourteen through 17 One of the things Moses and Jesus have in common is that they both spend a lot of time talking and walking with God the Father. A good father wants a relationship with his children. He wants to hang out with them. He wants to talk to them and love on them to help and protect the child when they need it. He wants to walk with the child through the ups and downs and goods and bad of their lives. He wants to teach the child how to grow up and be successful at life. God doesn't want to just watch them live from far away. He wants to be hands-on. God wants all this and more. God is love, and He loves all His children. Our goal for the study over the next few months is to become more acquainted with our Father, diving deeper into His identity, His relationship with us, and His role throughout eternity. When we begin our walk with God, we don't know much about Him. We begin our journey as newborn babies. Like newborn babies, you should long for pure milk of the Word, so that by it, you will be nurtured and grow in respect to salvation, its ultimate fulfillment. 1 Peter 2.2 we are reborn back in the image of God that was intended from the beginning. A child is created in the image of his father. When Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image, and he named him Seth. Genesis five three. The image of God should not just be found in our looks or in the spirit that animates us, but in our actions, manners, habits, lifestyles. We look like him and should act like him. A child does not stop being the image of his father at birth or rebirth in our case, with only his physical characteristics. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. 1 Corinthians thirteen eleven. As a child grows, he learns to be like the father by mimicking his ways. He begins to walk and talk like his father. The father continues to teach and train his child even into adulthood. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he was born of God. By this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. 1 John 3, 9 and 10. It is well known that babies don't come with instruction manuals, but actually baby Christians do. God has written us a guide on how to grow up in him. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm one nineteen nine and 105. Jewish culture builds strong family relationships with God at its core. The Bible tells the parents to raise up a child in the way they should go. Proverbs 22, 6. And the Jewish parents take the command seriously. The whole family, including the children and every Jewish person, say a prayer called a Shema. In the morning when they wake up and at night before they go to bed, this is one of the very first passages that young children learn. The Shema contains excerpts from several passages in Hebrew scriptures. The first section provides instructions to children of God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Our goal as children of God is to infuse God's words into our lifestyle. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God this is your true and proper worship Romans 12:1 if we have truly accepted God as our father and his spirit lives inside of us his fingerprints should be smudging the blueprints of our lives God should be in the driver's seat driving our actions the word of God should be continually renewing and transforming our minds into his Though we will never fully arrive at perfection in this lifetime, every step should be an improvement, like a child growing into the shoes of his father. His image and likeness should be seen in how we live our lives and how we go about our days. We begin to think like Him, act like Him, talk like Him, live like Him, until one day someone gives us the highest compliment. You are the spitting image of your father. Moses spent so much time in the presence of God that the Israelites could not even look upon his face without seeing God's glory. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, so Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. Afterwards, all the Israelites came near him, and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he pulled a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. Deuteronomy 34, 29 through 35. God's image was so strong in Moses that the average person couldn't even look upon his face because the reflection was like seeing God himself. Moses had to wear a veil. If sunglasses had been invented, the Israelites would have been wearing them too. God in us, his image, his spirit, his word shines out from his children, a light for all to see. The more time we spend with him, the greater the reflection, the brighter we shine. Like the children's song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor did they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Matthew five, fourteen through 16. Let's pray. Abba, Father, who created the heavens, hallowed be your name. Thank you for making me your child. I want to get to know you more, to have a relationship with you like Moses I want to be in your presence. Teach me your ways. Guide my actions. Help me grow in your word so that people can see your image, your light in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's devotional. If you want to catch up on past devotionals, you can catch us under Mercy Church Colorado on any of your favorite podcasting sites, or you can um, go to our website, www.wearemercy.church and click on the Pray 365, and you can listen to our past podcast there. Also, if you'd like to contact us, there's a contact link. Just click on the contact link and give us your information, and we will be in touch. We thank you, Mercy Church family, and we hope that you have a wonderful week.